Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And we are here with the 12th episode of our 7th Heaven podcast. And it is called... Uh, with a little help from my friends, this is season 1, episode 12 of 7th Heaven. And the when you Google this episode, the synopsis is... Eric tries to help a homeless family. Matt helps old Mrs. Bink around the house. Lucy is depressed about her birthday... Happy has puppies. So um, we kind of resolved how we're going to deal with the synopsis because I kind of like the Google ones. They don't really give that much away, whereas the Amazon ones can either basically say nothing. Like, they'll either say nothing or they'll give away too much. So I mean, because for this episode, um, Erin wouldn't let me look up to see the Amazon Prime summary until the episode started because she didn't want me to be spoiled. And it was well worth it. Yeah, it was definitely... Um, like a, yeah, it would, it would have been spoiled if, if you had seen what the Amazon synopsis was. So um, I guess that's how we're going to do it. We're going to use the Google uh, review. So uh, what was your first impression of this one? Um, oh, okay, a couple of things. One is that I really noticed the voices in this episode. I think mostly because of our, like... Old Mrs. Bink. Yeah, um, but the other, I guess, more important, relevant thing is... So we've... Aaron's, like, repeatedly spoken about Lucy being the worst. And, like, I get it. Lucy is indeed the worst. I mean, it was kind of cemented for me with the with the church burning down episode, episode four, uh, The Color of God. I think God. that was five. Five? Yeah. Was five? Oh, The Color of God, that episode. But this is it. This is it. Lucy. This, there was a moment when you definitely turned. You, you, you totally... <laughs> We're on board of, like, Lucy is just awful. She was, she was, oh, my God. She reached new levels of horrible in this episode. And, uh, yeah, that was my first impression. And also multiple times, I just was, like, you had said this before, how all of the background noises are super loud, but you did, you kept saying throughout this episode, anytime the Camden's poured a drink, you could hear, like, the the gurgling of of the liquid hitting the glass, so... The, no. Yeah, the first half of this half of this episode was definitely sponsored by milk. I feel like in almost every scene there was milk and orange juice. Um, so I don't like. I I mean, this is one of the episodes from the first season that I really remember having watched. Like a few of them, I've I've clearly forgotten. But um, as soon as I saw that this was like kind of in our docket, I was like, oh yeah, because I knew <laughs> another Lucy centric kind of terrible episode. So. We're going to start with the cold open because it sets up all of the storylines that we really want to talk about. Which is generally how the cold opens do work. They, like, get everybody together in one place and they then send them off into separate places. Into so the ether. It uh, starts with the family coming home from church. So it's a Sunday morning. Um, I guess we'll start with our first um, 90s fashion of the day. Oh, they put Lucy in a suit this time, and it was like a purple... I don't even know what kind of color that was. It was like a purple-blue. Like, it made Mary's outfit look good. That's all you kind of need to know. Yeah, I was too busy paying attention to Mary's outfit to even pay attention to what Lucy was wearing. But I guess that's how Lucy feels, like, usually being the middle child. Um, ignored. But, um, yeah, Mary was in a pinstripe number, uh, casually lounging oh, on Simon, the counter. Simon wasn't... Oh, yeah, she was... Like, it's the whole cold open. She's, like, <laughs> re, like reclined on the counter drinking her milk. Okay, There's these, nothing I would want more after church than to have a nice glass of milk on the counter. I, this is my last thing about milk. I don't want to talk about milk too much. But um, the glasses of milk, Erin uh, pointed it out like in they the beginning. Huge. They were huge. Um, nobody drinks that much milk. I drink, I, I drink quite a bit of milk, and I can't imagine drinking a glass of milk that, that big. Um, so anyway, moving on from the milk. Um, um, right. Also, Simon was wearing... Um, he wasn't wearing a suit this time. He was just wearing this, like, brown vest uh, with a tie and, like, a dress shirt. So that, I thought that was kind of weird because he, he looked like he lost half of his out. Like, it looked like he lost his, his suit jacket. Um, so they're coming home from church, and um, the Rev is upset because Matt did not go to church this morning. Yes. And then the phone rings, and, of course, it's Matt, and he's like, oh... I promise I'm not doing anything wrong. Do you remember that time I stayed out too late and I was actually just helping my pregnant friend Renee? So the Rev is like, okay, yes, I want to trust you. Um, 
And while this entire conversation is going on, Mary is sitting on the counter and Lucy is standing, like, a few feet away. And it just keeps cutting back to them and they're just making faces at each other and whatever. So the Rev is like, I'm disappointed, but yeah, okay, I believe you. And if you are lying to me, then we'll resolve it at a later date. Um, the other thing that we learn is that the family is highly anticipating the puppies being born. Uh, yes. It Matt would, is friend. <laughs> Matt. Why? Sorry. Simon, uh, Simon is frantic about it. Um, it went from being a non-issue to now it's like imminent and it's an emergency. So. And, and the other storyline that we learn about is that it is Lucy's 13th birthday. And it is... A birthday to remember for the rest of her life, according to the cold open. Um, um, and, oh, wait, no, she didn't say that in the cold open. I lied. But she does eventually say that. Um, so anyway, we'll just then, you know, credits, whatever, uh, after the cold open. And we're just going to take it storyline, I think, because we, we're going to make you wait for Lucy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's well worth the it's, wait, yeah. though. It's well worth the wait. So let's talk. start with Matt's storyline. Um we will not leave you in suspense any longer. Where was Matt? Matt was with... Mrs. Bink. Bink. So Mrs. Bink. She was in another episode. The, the first episode. The first episode. And we kind of glossed over this. We didn't really talk about her role in the first episode. But anyway, the Rev pays her to pretend to have lung cancer to get Matt to quit smoking. Um, it was kind of stupid. Someone you might not expect to, to come back, but I knew she was coming back. And she... Okay, we both had. I I I don't like Mrs. Bink. I, I didn't have an opinion on her until, and then I I also dislike her very much. And knowing that she recurs throughout the series, like I just don't like her. So Matt is helping Mrs. Bink, and she doesn't want anyone to know. So that's why Matt couldn't tell his parents because she's kind of like getting older, and I don't know. We're supposed to think she's got like early signs of dementia, or she's becoming senile. So. She doesn't want, and she doesn't want anyone to know because she doesn't want to be put in a home or anything like that. So, FYI, the actress that plays uh, Mrs. Bank, I don't remember her name. It's Eileen something, but um, Brennan is that Brennan? Right? Maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, she is in a lot of things, but I think for me, she's mo- most noteworthy as Mrs. Peacock from the Clue movie, which is one of my favorite cult movies of all time. Uh, so- apparently, they're making a remake of it, which I'm not too thrilled about. All right. So we got that. Um, it really isn't too much, you know, uh, so so you see Matt sneaking around, and then at one point he's at school. Wait, before that happens, I just, okay, so... Well, this is the voice. This is the number one voice that you are picking up on. Right. So she, Aaron, like, made a good point in that she kind of sounds like she's drunk because, like, every other word out of her mouth is said in a different way. Uh, but she has one line in the beginning of the episode where I don't think she's trying to do like, um, what's the woman, the older woman's name from The Graduate? <sighs> Mrs. Robinson? Yes. I don't know if she's trying to pull a Mrs. Robinson, but it very much felt like it was a Mrs. Robinson uh, because she goes, you've lied to your father before, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> but like. It definitely seems like she's trying to seduce Matt a little bit. Um, and maybe that explains why she didn't want anyone to know where he was. Um, so he's basically just like doing basic things for her around the house. Um, and then he gets called into the principal's office at school and they're like, oh, your aunt Gladys is on the phone. Um, she's very sick. Like, oh, it's your brother's sister. So he picks up the phone and he's talking to her and then Mary walks by the office. Um, and he's basically telling Mrs. Bing, like, don't call me at school. I'm going to get in trouble. And then they call, like, the secretary or receptionist or whatever sees Mary in the doorway, and she's like, oh, your father's sister is sick. You should, you know, whatever, calls her in. And then they, she runs in and asks the principal if Mary and Matt can leave, and they get permission, even though they don't want to leave, um, to go to Mrs. Bink's house. So then... They're at Mrs. Bink's house. Um, I guess we're, le- like, we're meant to believe, because the, the first thing that they see of her is her, like, sitting with her eyes closed on the couch, and we're like, oh, no, maybe she's dead. But she's not. Um, it's. But it's scary. Yeah. It definitely, like, scares Matt because he's like, oh, you need more help. Well, he asks Mary to leave. It's really pointless that she was in the scene. But he asks Mary to leave. And then he's like, oh, you need more help than I can give you. Um, and I need to tell someone. Um, and we have another mo- moment where uh, Mrs. B. 
Bink is using her... Feminine wiles. Yes, because she has a line that says... Where she says, oh, lighten up. You're such a stiff. Mm. It's in the next scene, but yeah, we'll get there because she's still adamant about the Rev not knowing. So for some reason, Matt, who usually I feel like exercises pretty good judgment in these situations, is still like, well, I can't tell anyone. Um, And the next morning he's getting ready for school and the phone rings and Annie picks it up, but Matt also picks it up at the same time and... It's Mrs. Bink, and she's like, oh, is Matt there? And Annie asks who's calling, and before Mrs. Bink can answer, uh, Matt's like, I got it. So, um, and you in the good point that Annie hangs up the phone when she could have just eavesdropped. And, Especially and- because um, I, I think, like, earlier, before this scene in the episode, um, the Rev and Annie find out that Matt and Mary cut school, so... The Rev wants to play bad cop and kind of punish them, but Annie's like, I think you should have a little faith. Um, I, I never know. I never know how to say if it's faith or fate. But anyway, well, faith. It's faith. <laughs> um, uh, in the children, and but they're like suspicious of what Matt and Mary are doing, what Matt's doing. So it was a perfect opportunity for her to just eavesdrop, but she, did she didn't. But I guess she's a good parent that way. I don't know. So anyway, Mrs. Bink is calling because... She wants Matt to come over before school because apparently she urgently needs money and her cash is in a coffee can that she has on this very high shelf. And I actually said, well, how did it get there? And then Matt's on the phone and he says, well, how did it get up there? Um, was and it she's, in like a chock full of nuts? Yes, it was a yeah. chock. Which the Camdens also keep money in a, in a coffee can in, in one of their cabinets. Um, but... Matt's like, I have to go to school. I don't have time. To- oh, he's like, I already got in trouble for, for, you know, leaving school early yesterday, so I can't be late today. Um, so, of course, you can see what's going to happen here. Mrs. Bank is like... Fine, I'll do it all my- on my own. I got to get that money. Who knows what she needed. And she ends up on, like, this, like, step stool ladder thing, and, of course, she falls and... Hurts herself. Take it away. <laughs> um, okay, for th- there's a couple of things I have to say. The way that this was set up... She's clearly an, a frail old lady, and apparently the reason that the can was up there, as Aaron mentioned, was because she threw it up there before for some reason, because she doesn't want, like, she didn't give a reason. But there's <laughs> no way... stealing her money. Th- there's no way that this woman was able to throw that coffee can all the way up there in the first place. I feel like Not she can believable. barely get up. Like, we haven't even seen her standing up right. in this episode. So, like... Seventh Heaven Science there. Seventh Heaven Science, yeah. <laughs> Makes a return. Definitely an instance of a little old lady being able to throw this call. Unless, like, it's been up there for years, like, and this is her life savings, <laughs> and she needs it right now. Um, um, but, okay, so as she was climbing, <laughs> we shouldn't joke about this. I know, they, they, like, the camera was, like, just showing her feet. And you can also, see she's, like, not exactly steady. And But, like, the music was also, like, swelling, and Aaron was like, something bad's going to happen. I was like, oh, is this going to be, like, a help? I've fallen, I can't get up. And as soon as I finished saying that, she fell and said, help. And then she's just laying on the ground. And then it just cuts away from her. It cuts away from her, and we don't know what's... Like, she's clearly been hurt really badly. The next time we go back to the storyline, it is nighttime. Yeah, Matt's home. Like, they think they had already eaten dinner. They had just finished dinner. Yeah, exactly. So this was the morning before school, so, like, 8 a.m. And now here we are, like, it's, like, 12 hours later. Um, (laughs) Matt gets a phone call from the hospital, which, okay, so Matt is this woman's emergency contact. In case of emergency, call Matt... Camden? We, all right, so, and he's like, oh, I'll be right there. I have to go to the, he hangs up the phone. He says something about having to go to the hospital. And then it finally comes out to Annie is like, well, who's in the hospital? And it all comes out and the whole family goes or just Matt? No, Matt, Matt and the Rev go. Matt goes and the Rev kind of sneaks. Yeah, lurks. Um, and we find out that, I mean, she wasn't really seriously hurt. She just had a broken ankle. But I guess when you're old, like, it's a serious, any injury is a serious injury for an elderly person. So um, she's got a broken ankle, and Matt's just there, like, I don't know, talking to her, whatever. And then the Rev is lurking. And this There's is where like, the, this is kind of where the Rev's storyline ties in. So right, yeah. we'll step back for a second. I just have one thing to say here. So um, we mentioned in a few, like a few episodes ago, that uh, Barry Watson had made a stylistic choice with his 
facial hair uh, to cut his, like, to shave his sideburns in a way that, like, made them go into his cheeks. Um, this has continued since I noticed it in that episode. It was a choice. It was he a choice. He made this choice. He made this choice. And um, it, like, I think, I think Matt Camden invented contouring because um, his, his cheeks look great. They're like, <laughs> like, like his, he's he's done like well for himself. His cheekbone cheekbones are like on point here. I think also the, the hair is helping him out. The way he I don't know. the way he's decided to style his hair in this episode. Yeah, it's like his hair looks better in this episode. It wasn't as big, but it's still and also it wasn't like in his face. Like it wasn't like framing his face so much. It was like pulled back. Yeah, it, it had more product in it. I don't know. Or maybe he just hadn't washed it and that was all grease. Yeah. Well, regardless, Matt was... Lo- and I also thought he looked younger in this episode because we said... Oh, he's obviously, really? Because... I, I, I thought he had more of a... Ba- like, he had, like, maybe shaved, like, every day that they shot this episode as opposed to, like, every other day because in some of the other episodes, his facial hair is, like, he's got, like, a pretty bad shadow. Because my first written, po- like, note on this episode is hairy arms Matt. <laughs> well, I... Yeah, he's, his hands are still hairy and his arms are still hairy. No, but hairy, like but. his arm, like I think his sleeves are rolled up in the first scene he's in. Yeah. So that's okay. But right. All right. Uh, this ties in now back into um, the Rev storyline. Um, so let's go back a little. Um, I could really care less about this one. I no. was kind of checked out for this, so I don't okay, even know how it gets. Is, I don't even know how the ball gets rolling with this one. Um, it starts with uh, I feel like right after cold open, the uh, asks where like he can find a hammer or something. A hammer, and then like he apparently can't figure out what the word for wrench is, so he does like he mimes wrench. Yeah, because because we all we know already that Annie is like the the not only just like the homemaker, but she also is good like the handyman of the house. She is good with tools and fixing things. So the Rev doesn't even know where, like, their toolbox is or the names for the tools he's looking for. And Annie says something like, oh, well, you can't just keep breaking things for Steve to fix. So Uh, we clearly realize that Steve's in some sort of, like, financial difficulty. Um, Well, I don't know. I I mean, I I picked that up, like, after that. I think... I picked it up when I saw him actually, like, like, breaking things unnecessarily. Um... But yeah, I just was like, oh, they're trying to keep this person busy. So, but it is the return of subtle gay undertones uh, in Seventh Heaven. Yeah, because then when we meet Steve, the Rev is laying on the ground in like some bushes, and he's like separate. I think he's at the church. Um, he's breaking something. He's he's pulling the gutter off of the um, the uh, the the building, like the gut, the part of the gutter that drains like from the roof. So he's pulling that off the building, and this guy Steve comes out, and the Rev is like laying on his back, and Steve kneels down, and it's like this angle through the bushes, and they're like locked eyes. And the and the camera work as like Steve was walking towards um, the Rev was uh, basically what I said is this is how every porno starts. Yes, and then uh, the classic Seventh Heaven music with like the the weird guitar riffs yeah. and just it just helped it along too much plus for some reason uh the wardrobe department decided that the men in this episode um oh god they all had like their they were all wearing button-up shirts, but, like, the top, like, three or four buttons were unbuttoned. And, like, so the, hairy, the hairy chests, chests on display. So, you know, this was, like, These prime 80s porno, like, you know, when hair was all big. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That, that, that's it, though. I, so then, <laughs> so, uh, like, the next time you see the Rev with Steve... He well in that scene you learn that um, he lost his job and he's like on hard times and the rev is like here the church has a fund we can give you money and the guy's like no rev please just say a prayer for me I I still have faith you need to have a little faith and this guy is like adamant about not taking any money and he just wants people to keep him in their thoughts so. Next time you see him, the Rev is pulling up. I, I don't even know where the Rev's supposed to be driving, but... I think, yeah, he's, I think he's meant to be driving to where they're living, but then that's, that scene is when he finds out that they're living out of a, a van. Yes, so he pulls up behind the van, and he's talking to the guy's wife, and she's like, oh, Steve doesn't want anyone to know, and then Steve walks up with his do- young daughter. Um, Kate. And we, Kate, yeah, and we learn that this whole family, and his wife is Laura, so it's Steve, Laura, and Kate... The Cunninghams. Yes, and we learn that they are living in their van, and like the girl, the little girl is like, "Oh, we're camping." Um, so, 
I don't know. The, uh, like, the Rev's like, you can't live like this. And again, the guy's like, please, and, like, have faith. And remember, it's ju- it's been established that this guy's like, a fi- like he fixes things. Um, he's like... Yeah, so... Mr. Fix-It. <laughs> so while, like, the hospital scene was happening with uh, Matt and Mrs. Bink... Oh, because this was the other... Yeah. All right, so when, when Matt did tell the Rev and Annie about Mrs. Bink, he was like, oh, it's not like it used to be. Her house is a mess everything's, like, broken and stuff, so we can see where this is going. Yeah, because I, I just, I turned around, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Is, is it, like, suddenly the bright idea that they'll use the Cunninghams to, like, help Mrs., the old lady, and everybody will live happily ever after? And Erin just looked at me, and she's like, I can't believe you <laughs> figured that out. But, like, obviously sarcastically, because, obviously. I mean, I wasn't really being that oh. sarcastic. I didn't put it together the first time I watched it, but then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but that's exactly what happens. So, yeah, so this is all resolved because they're like, oh, well, Mrs. Bink needs someone to take care of her now that her ankle is broken, and the Cunninghams need a place to live. Um, so, basically, Steve is going to be, you know, fixing up everything around her house. Laura's going to be helping out in the kitchen. And being the caretaker while her leg is broken. And... While the uh, parents are out looking for a job, Kate will be staying at home with yeah, the Mrs. old lady. Yeah, which doesn't Kate go to school? I mean, I mean, she. I think she was supposed to be like fat. She wait, looks she older looked, than she Ruthie. Looks way, yeah, she looks, she looks old, Simon's age. Yeah. So I don't know why she's not. I guess I don't know on the weekends, free childcare. Childcare is expensive. So uh, yeah, but like, mind you. This is all goes down in, like, less than 24 hours. She decides to invite these people into her home and is like, well, that's it. That's that's well, tied with well, a pretty the, knot. The best part is the resolution is that Mrs. Bank is like, I was thinking about turning this area in my garage into an apartment. How would you like to just come live here? Like, if Steve, if you fix it up, you and your family can live in the apartment in the garage, like, rent-free. And it's like this woman just decided. And she's like, for however long you need, until you get a job, or until Kate graduates from high school. And Kate's supposed to be, like, 10, so. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the Cunninghams. You know, we get, we gather that everything was resolved because now Mrs. Bank is paying Steve for the work he's doing at the house, and they have a place to live. And So, question. You said Mrs. Bank is going to come back. Do we see the Cunninghams again? Um, or are they just relegated to that garage apartment and we never see them again? If we see the Cunninghams again, it's not memorable. I really don't think we do. Um, and if they do come back, it's just like in passing at church or something like that. They they never play like another serious role in an episode. So here it is again. The Rev is given a problem. The Rev butts in. It wasn't even his problem nope. to correct. Like Matt was trying to handle it. And I then guess he, 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 like he mashed up the problems. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, everything's fixed. The Rev is our superhero, I guess. Um, Savior Rev. Savior Rev. And that's really it um, for those two storylines. Let's get to the puppies. Okay, right. So. Unless you had something else you wanted to say. I I absolutely You seemed disappointed that I rushed into the puppies. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm already for the puppies because. (laughs) There are some great lines. Because Simon, as we said earlier, is pretty distressed about these um, puppies being born. So he constantly needs to know where Happy is, and... Um, he doesn't even want anyone letting her outside. Yeah, like, he gets very upset anytime somebody is let um, Happy outside. Because, and we have to understand where Simon's mindset is here, he explains, he's like... <laughs> he's about to become a father. He's like, I'm her husband, her owner, her master, the only man in her life. <laughs> so... Simon is taking his duty as a father and pet owner very seriously. <laughs> he is Happy's hu- husband. Um, yeah. I mean, there's really, other than that, well, he when he says all of those things that you just said when he's like, oh, I'm her husband, whatever, um, I did write this down because he, was, he got excited a lot in this episode and would kind of car- start like... Um, saying things really quickly and just, like, in an excited tone. And David Gallagher is actually from New York, and when he was getting excited, his accent was, like, pretty obvious, I thought. That was the only thing I wrote down. Um, So... The next scene that we have is um, 
kind of another little fashion break. Uh, parents are in the love den, and Annie is wearing... This is the f- first time, I think, in the episode where we've gotten, like, a full shot of Annie, and... What a shot it is. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. I wrote down, like, Annie meets Little House on the Prairie. Um, <laughs> it's this, like, long frock, like, kind of vomit color. Like, it was, like, down to her ankles. And, but she has, like, a long sleeve shirt underneath so, it. So, yeah, so the best way, to, I think, to describe it was it was, like, the top was kind of like a tank top. It was like a tank top dress that went to her ankles, and then she had a long sleeve shirt on underneath it. And it was, like, a green, a weird, a unpleasant green color. And the shirt was brown, so she was kind of, like, emulating a forest. Yes. Um, but that's really it. Uh, anyway, when the parents are talking in the love den... Um, the puppies are born, like, and no one even notices. Right, yeah. Cause <laughs> like, Simon, Simon runs in, and he's like, where's Happy? And then... Um, they run out to try to find Happy. And the puppies are already there. Yeah, and the, pup, and the puppies are born. Uh, but only, there's only two in the litter. Which I don't know. Like, Happy's, like, not a small dog. I think Happy would at least have, like, three or four in her litter. But um, the show isn't great with... Yeah, seventh Heaven Science, the dog only has two puppies. And that's kind of the end of that storyline, other than when they're trying to figure out... Well, it comes in, but ties into Lucy's. But then... Ruthie and Simon are, are trying to name the dogs, and this is really all the puppies, and this is really all we get of Ruthie. But I love this. She wanted to name one of them Bean Blossom, and <laughs> Simon was like, "What's Bean Blossom?" <laughs> and Ruthie goes, "Blossom, the blossom. blossom of a the blossom of a bean." Duh. <laughs> so, Bean Blossom. Bean Blossom. Um, well, we also have. Uh, Simon taking his, like, responsibilities very seriously because the next oh, morning yeah. he, like, wants coffee <laughs> because he's a new father. He goes, I'm a new father, and I had to wake up. <laughs> I tried to wake up Ruthie for, for the feedings, but she wouldn't get up <laughs> because apparently every time that the puppies would eat, he would feed Happy so she didn't run out of milk. Is this foreshadowing that Simon is going to be a good father and husband? Uh, we never get to see Simon. You know, he's... Yeah, no, we never, I don't know, possibly, possibly. I don't really, I don't like Simon when he gets older, (laughs) so, yeah, that's it for that, so here we go to Lucy's 13th birthday party. Um, so, in the cold open, I don't know if we mentioned this already, but, uh, the Camdens have not made a big deal out of the other two children's 13th birthday parties, um, Mary turned 13, it wasn't that big of a deal. Matt turned 13, it wasn't that big of a deal. But Lucy wants something different for her 13th birthday party. Um, And she uses the phrase, a boy-girl party, which is such a 90s thing. I don't think it's, I don't think it's been said in modern television. Yes, uh, a boy-girl party. Um, So um, during these, like, discussions in the cold open, we have the first instance of Lucy storming out of, of the discussion about what she what's going to happen for her birthday. I forget why. I just know that they're talking about her birthday, and she storms out. First of many times it happens in this episode. She, I guess the family is doing what they usually do for the birthday, which is dinner and uh, dinner out and then, like, cutting the cake, uh, and she's not okay with that. And the next scene we have with her is on the phone with Jimmy Moon. Now, hold on. Before we actually continue on to the storyline Erin texted me earlier because she has found the actor that plays jimmy moon and what he's doing with his life now okay so he's all right so his twitter hasn't been updated in about i want to say a year so he's not like this these aren't super current updates and i mean anybody can find it the actor's name is um matt matthew linville and then on twitter his handle is at jimmy moon 30 so obviously he did not do much after uh, Seventh Heaven, but he tweeted something. I think it was in 2013 or something, and, and somebody tweeted at him and was like, Jimmy Moon, question mark. And then they kind of, he engaged in this back and forth in which the person was like, oh, wasn't Lucy's mom a bitch? And he was like, no, actually, she was really nice. It was Lucy that was the bitch. And I was like, is he talking about... Beverly Mitchell, because I think Jim, if Matthew Linville is available to guest star, I think I, I would rather have him. Oh my God, insider secrets. Yes, than like like life as Jimmy Moon. Um, well, but he also looks completely different oh, now. Oh, well, he has no hair now. He's 
balding and he is like a gym rat, I guess. He looks like a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. He he's he I think he self-described in his like Twitter bio was gym junkie or something, like, you know, no day <laughs> hashtag no days off. So yeah, he's into like working out and uh I don't know, live, like reliving his glory as Jimmy Moon. Um, so Lucy's on the phone with Jimmy Moon. And this is when she says, um, it's a birthday to remember for the rest of my life. Her 13th birthday. Um, and... Do you remember your 13th birthday? What what did I do for my... Oh, no, that was my 16th birthday. (laughs) Those Uh, are not close. (laughs) Like, those are very different ages. I don't... My family doesn't celebrate birthdays. Um, like, not really. I'm not a Jehovah's Witness or anything. I just, we just don't celebrate. I don't no. know. I remember what I did on my 13th birthday, but I'm not going to say it. Why not? What is it? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't remember it. I th- the, like, the only... It was yesterday. <laughs> only just recently born. Yes. No, I haven't had my 13th birthday yet. Um, so anyway, I, all, all... All I wrote from this conversation was when she said it's a birthday to remember for the rest okay, of my life. Okay, I have a couple of things. Oh, the gift thing. No, there's a couple things. First, you know, this is, so they are showing uh, Jamie Moon on the phone, and there's just a random child in the background that doesn't speak and just sits there. I mean, he'll speak eventually, but he's just in the background. A man we've never seen before. Uh, yes, a child we've never seen before. And um, we learn later that his name is Dwight. Uh, and he is Jimmy Moon's best friend. But why wasn't he in the Halloween episode when they when were all the mischief? Other, yeah, all the other friends were introduced. Um, and so Lucy talks about how, well, well, no. Jimmy Moon asked Lucy, what does Lucy want for her birthday? And Lucy's like, oh, well, my family like doesn't believe in gifts or whatever. They give... Um, Homemade stuff. Or things they've just found or things they already have. Or sometimes they give, like, like as we saw at the end, like they give, like, coupons for, like, chore, chore you know, I'll do your chores, like, ten days uh, of... If we, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, and... Oh. I, just, I don't remember, like, exactly how the conversation goes, but all I have written down is, in quotes, I'm dead, says Jimmy Moon. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Well, because Lucy's, like continuously disappointed with everything Jimmy has to say like um about like he doesn't know what he's gonna get her for her birthday like oh he's like oh then I don't have to get you anything if your family doesn't give you any gifts and she's like oh well I guess you don't have to if that's what you think is best or whatever you know like yeah yeah doing the passive-aggressive girlfriend thing and um I mean she should have just done the aggressive girlfriend girlfriend thing thing, right um and Oh, you noted something about this, because she hung up without saying goodbye. Oh, yes. Okay, so we have to start paying more attention to this, because this family consistently does this. They never say goodbye, even, like, on the phone mostly, but entering or, like, leaving a room. It's just, like, the the conversation's over, and everyone's just, like, out, out. So this is the first instance where they stop speaking to each other. Well, like... Lucy decides she's done talking, and she just hangs up the phone. And the next time we see Lucy's storyline is uh, they're outside the middle school, and um, Dwight is asking everybody that's walking by if if they will come to Dwight's birthday party. Which is on a Wednesday, which I think is a little bit in middle school. Like, for a 13th birthday party, these parents are going to be like, oh, it's a school night, you have to do schoolwork, can't go out on a Wednesday, so... Poor plan. You're gonna have poor attendance, and also, Dwight is played. I I actually know. I recognized it just from his voice, and I didn't look up anything else on his IMDb other than to confirm that he was who I thought he was. And he is Dwight is played by Jason Davis, who was also the voice of Mikey on Recess. So. Um, I don't know, fun fact, that's where... That's our other IMDb of the day. Yes, so... Uh, um, But what we're gathering here is that Dwight and Jimmy Moon are not popular. Even, yeah, and they ask the Shermanator, the Shermanator comes back, Chris Owen, and he he just walks away and he acts like he wasn't friends with Jimmy Moon like four episodes ago. There's also a child that is standing next to Jimmy Moon. We, We don't actually see his face, but he has Brink's hairstyle, so I believe that that is an uncredited I, appearance no. by Eric Von Denton. It is not. I promise it is not. I'm going to live in my dream world. Okay. So we're uh, getting that he's not popular, and then Lucy walks up. 
And Dwight asked Lucy to come to the birthday party, and the birthday party is the same day as Lucy's birthday. And then they were like, oh, we'll just have a super big party. It'll be great. It'll be fun. But Lucy's like, no, I can't because I'm having dinner with my family, and my parents said no party. And um, Jimmy Moon says, well, then I'm going to Dwight's party. And she's like, you're not going to come to cut my house after, yeah, I have dinner with my family. She's like, no. <laughs> like that's really it. So then, well, then we cut back to the Camden house, and somehow Dwight got out of school. First of all, Dwight got out of school early. He is sitting at the kitchen table with Ruthie and Annie, eating cookies, drinking milk, drinking milk, and telling Mrs. Camden about how she's as she's better than Betty Crocker, and f- trying to convince her. Well, b- because I yeah, because Lucy said, "Oh, my mom won't let me go," and then Mrs. Camden's like. Oh, Lucy can come to your party. It's fine. And Lucy and Mary, well, all the kids who were at school walk in on this, and Lucy's, like, horrified. And then, you know, Dwight leaves, and Lucy's like, I don't want to go to that party. Why would you tell him that, you know, the classic excuse, my mom won't let me go, but now Dwight has found out that her mom will let her go. I think that's, like, the thing I miss most about being a child and a teenager is being able to use the excuse of my mom won't let me go to get out of, like, social commitments. But I can't say that anymore because, you know, I'm an adult and also don't have a family. I just saw something on Twitter that was, like, oh, the, the like, equivalent is, like, being, like, oh, I have an 8 a.m. class, except that doesn't really work um, for, like, weekend stuff. <laughs> um. Oh, okay, but Lucy says to her mother, you just ruined my life. And what does she do? Can you guess? She storms out. Yep. And uh, I should put money on this. I guess we should start counting how many times she storms out an episode like we we were counting how many times Ruthie says, what are we doing? Yeah, that's over. That's officially been dead for a few episodes, but... Lucy's the worst. So Matt and, I, I can't. I hadn't said it yet. <laughs> Matt and Mary. Um, well, I don't have my Lucy's the worst moment until like later on. But oh yeah. Matt, well, Annie enlists Matt and Mary to. She's like, please talk to her and try to get her to go to this party. So Lucy doesn't want to go to this party because it's it's Dwight's birthday party, and she says, "quote I want something of my own." And she, like, reveals to Mary that Jimmy Moon's, like, not part of the cool group. And And Dwight isn't part of the cool group. And Mary goes, and you are? And this is, like, a callback to the last episode because now... um, Lucy's a cheerleader. So she can, like, try to get the cool people to come to her part, like, her, whatever, like, if she were to ever have a party. And I love Mary in this episode because she's like, you're really screwing up. Yeah. That was, like, how that scene ended. She just was like, well, you're really screwing up. Uh, just generally in life. Um, um, okay. This is my because I've now written down on the bottom of my page, I hate Lucy in caps lock, underlined a bunch of times with, um... Caps lock. Caps lock. Yeah, caps lock. <laughs> Your handwritten notes are in caps lock. Um, and exclamation points. Because, so we have a dinner scene. Um, and <gasps> this takes place right after, um, like, chronologically in the episode when um, the Rev has just had an encounter with the Cunninghams. And, you know, like, he sees that the Cunninghams don't have a lot. And, you know, the Camdens have so much. So I think, like, Lucy's just complaining about having to go to this, like, about having to go to this party, even though she doesn't want to. Um, and the Rev kind of loses it on her. Yeah, he freaks out. Uh, and he's like, you know, we have so much, but, like, and you're complaining about it when so many people out there have so little. And Lucy's response to this is to get up and storm away. Yeah. That's that's really, like... It- and, like, that that was a moment for me. Like... She's making everything all about herself, and then when she's called out on it... <laughs> she makes it about herself. Again, and, she, and she just keeps on going. And I, and then the ref comes up to her and apologizes. Re- but I think really this, doesn't have to. this is a thing that we haven't really focused on, but it's really starting to get developed. Like, And I don't think I noticed as much the, my first watch through, but kind of knowing how the series ends and what Lucy ends up doing... Rev and Lucy, like, have, like, a very good relationship, and they're constantly getting one-on-one time, so I think that's worth noting that he's always the one, even in the first episode, like, when she gets her period, he's the one who goes and talks to her. Um, 
in the episode with the, the drugs. He takes her out to dinner. Like, so this is, like, a relationship that obviously, like, she's super close to the Rev. Um, and just worth noting. <laughs> we So it's the next day in school. It's, uh, oh, well, actually, you know, things get resolved. They, like... Hug it out. Lucy cries a bunch. There's going to be screenshots of all of Lucy's faces oh, yeah. in this episode. Like, trust us. Um, there's some... I have written we down... We don't know how we're going to choose. I've written down, screenshot Lucy's tears. Yes. So, um, next day, it's Lucy's birthday. Jimmy Moon wishes her happy birthday in school. And she's like, well, I can't give you your birthday present. And Lucy's like, wait, why not? She's like, well... And he said, well, I was going to surprise you. You know, it wasn't actually... We weren't going to... It wasn't going to be Dwight's birthday. It was going to be a surprise party for you. And, like, but, master guilt-tripping skills, Jimmy Moon, because she, like, feels horrible about it, which yeah. she should. And um, then, but, like, as she walks away, Dwight, like, creeps out from behind, like, this door, and he gives Jimmy Moon a thumbs up. So you, you realize, like, something is afoot. Yeah, something. But, uh, so... And, right. Then we have them coming back from... Uh, the Camden family's coming back from dinner. She's all grateful about having, you know, spent so much time with her family. This is the um, birthday to remember for her. Um, and it's time to cut the cake. And they're all being, you know, really sneaky. And it's like, oh, why don't we cut the cake in the living room or the love den? I think this is in the love... No, this it's, isn't. No, it's no, the living room. It's the living room. And, well, uh, no, that is the love den. The love den and the living okay. So they give Lucy, like, they give her, like, a bunch of plates. And they're like, oh, go set this up in, in the living room. And she goes into the living room, and it's all dark, and she opens the door, and... Surprise! Surprise! And Mila Kunis is the first one. Ashley, return of Ashley, first one comes up to, um, for... uh, Okay, I don't... Especially because... I mean, I've seen more episodes, so, like, I'm, like, kind of skeptical. Like, I don't think that Ashley was portrayed as, as the super close friend of Lucy's. It was someone that she was trying really desperately to get to be her friend, but now. And didn't she like just storm out in the la- in the last time she was in an episode? She didn't like. Well, she was angry at like that guy Steve who didn't like her or whatever, but, uh, yeah. So everybody's there, um, and then there's some really crazy dancing scenes, and Annie is dressed like a witch. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh, know. and everybody dances with like okay. So the Rev is like, oh, I'm gonna dance. Like grabs Lucy for a dance, and then Annie grabs Jimmy Moon, and I was like, okay, it's okay for like the Rev and Lucy to dance, but I don't know how I feel about Annie well, dancing like, with her 13 year old daughter's boyfriend. Well, she's you know future son in law. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's how. Sorry, spoiler alert. Jimmy Moon ends up being well. Lucy ends up being Lucy Moon. <laughs> Lucy Cam. Lucy Camden Moon. <laughs> Lucy Camden Moon. Um, Mary ends up dancing with Dwight because she's just she can't resist Dwight voguing. Yeah. <laughs> and then wait, and then Mila Kunis Ashley goes up to Simon and she's like, "Do you have a problem dancing with an older woman?" And so Ashley ends up dancing with Simon. So. Um. This was kind of weird. Also, like I, maybe and also we'll, the the definition of dancing. We should be really using this word. They're like, <sighs> I I can't even describe what their body is doing. Mostly because everybody's just holding hands and then just kind of like moving their hands up and down and like back and forth towards each other. So well, and Annie's doing some sort of motion where she's like, it's like wax on, wax off, but just with her hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Her and the Rev are doing that to each yeah. other. <laughs> <laughs> They just have their hands, like, next to each other, and they're moving them back and forth. Um, and at some point, um, Dwight cuts in to Jimmy, and, like, while Jimmy Moon and Lucy are dancing together. And so Dwight and Lucy are dancing, and Lucy is, like, very grateful for, like, Dwight and, like, organizing this entire thing. And she's like, you know, thanks for doing this. I know you're, like, Jimmy Moon's best friend. And he's like, well, that's what it started out as. But... <laughs> Like, throughout this whole endeavor, which, mind you, Lucy was a bitch to Dwight. Yeah, yeah. And, she like... She was like, I don't want to come to your party. You're not cool. And she, like, <laughs> she did not make make it... Te- like, she did not present herself as a good person throughout this episode to Dwight. And she usually tries so hard to present herself as a good person. And Dwight tells her that he's falling in love with her. All right. So... Cut to Mary and Lucy are ready to go to bed, kind of settling in. And I guess, like, Lucy spent the rest of the night thinking over this declaration of love. Because she's like, you know, I don't, I didn't really, I've never looked at Dwight that way. This whole party was, I all I have is written, 
This whole party was Dwight's idea, and he there's a potential for passion. No, but even before that, she's like, he's he's kind of sexy. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, she calls Dwight sexy. And yeah. we're not like, I mean, it's just like, the, I don't know. Um, well, okay, the family's like... Oh, the whole family's, family's outside the door. and when Listening sh- into this conversation, and, like, everybody's, like, trying to cover their mouth because they're laughing. Yeah, when she calls Dwight sexy, like, they can't control themselves. And then they're kind of, like, finally, like, Mary turns out the light, they're ready to go to sleep, and the whole family barges in Surprise again! Gifts, and Lucy's like, oh, I thought that the party was my gift. And... No, they have, like, actual gifts. We can skip over what Ruthie and Simon gave her. Matt and Mary gave her this basket of stuff to get her through her teen years. One of the things in that basket was uh, a teen spirit deodorant. Yeah, it was like loofah, teen spirit, and then like some like acne like face wash. Um, the Rev gives her a picture of him holding her the day she was born, and then the two of them cry because of what else would these clowns do. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's, what did you say, like, in the first episode? It's, um, there's a woman around this, the rev that's right. changing. Yeah. Oh, she's growing up. She's, she's becoming a woman, and now she's 13. So... And Annie gives, um, Lucy a necklace that, the, that Grandma gave Annie when Annie turned 13. Yeah. So, that's that. She gets her gifts. Um, I have just one thing written down here. So, um, Lucy thought that the, that Simon and Ruthie were going to give the puppies to... Oh, yes. To, um, um, Lucy as a birthday present, especially because prior in the episode, their, their point, they want to keep the two puppies together. And Simon has this line, I don't know where it comes from, um, scripture? I don't know, but like... <laughs> I think it is. Uh, he goes, what God has brought together, no man can tear apart. Um, and apparently Dwight decides to take the puppies. Yeah, which, he's adopted both of them. Um, and Ruthie's still hopeful that he'll name one of them Bean Blossom. And Lucy's like, oh, wait, so you like him? Yeah. And then Simon's like, I don't know. I don't think he's sexy or something. No, no, he goes, he goes I'm not in love with him or anything. <laughs> yeah. And then Matt hits him because... Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's really it. I do have one note here that I totally skipped over, and it has to do with the Rev storyline. Um, when the Rev sees the Cunninghams living in their van, he invites them to, he's like, come on, you're staying with me. And this is the first instance in where the Rev invites um, people that are not family members to live with them. And, I mean, this is, like, the number one thing that I remember from my when I watched it while it was actually airing in, like, real time, um, that... Like, I was always trying to keep track of who was living with the Camdens that wasn't a family member. And you don't really get that so much in the earlier episodes because all of the kids are at home. But as the kids start, you know, getting older and, like, moving out, there's always someone who isn't a family member living in the house. And I just had to write down that that this was the first time... This is the beginning of it. ...that he extended the invitation they didn't accept. Um, But I got a little bit excited about that. So, and that's that's the episode with a little help from my friends, which I guess is about Matt helping the Mrs. old lady, um, the Rev helping the Cunninghams, Cunninghams helping the, the Cunninghams and the old lady helping each other. Um, Lucy still having friends despite the fact that she treats them all like garbage. Like Dwight actually just being a friend. Does Dwight come back? I, I really couldn't tell I mean, you. She, I mean, I think he's he, Jimmy Moon's best friend. Right, yeah. Like, I don't really remember these people who are, like, right. not non-people. Um, so I can't, I can't speak on that right now. But, the, spoiler alert, he doesn't end up getting, like, together with Lucy. Damn, I was kind of, kind of rooting for that. I just, well, I told you that Jimmy Moon and Lucy get married, so. Spoiler alert. Um... So yeah, what what would you how would you rate it? I mean, oh, I yeah, you had a lot of feelings, but you know what? Don't. You know what? Don't. <laughs> no, I um, I'm, I'm gonna get, this is a good old romp, so <laughs> I'm gonna give it a five. Yeah, we got some homelessness. We got thirteenth birthdays. We got puppies. Like obviously, that that plot line is over. We can stop being like, where the hell are the puppies? Um. I'm gonna give it a four. Eh, the the 
the rev just is this the parents storylines kind of like kill me i just can't pay attention to them they're so i i don't even know like what the like i want to say boring but i don't want to deduce it to to being to make it sound like oh like i can't stand because they're always dealing with like homelessness and things like that it's it's not that it's like the manner in which they introduce them and the way that they treat these like issues that they're trying to kind of like educate people on yeah i mean especially because it's like it's like oh they didn't get any help until the rev stepped in right yeah like he's the one that like was the catalyst in all of it and he's like the important the most the most important part of the storyline is him um but i'm gonna give it a five because this i think got the most reactions out of me uh as of like the recent episodes Um, i don't know i can't remember i mean you're pretty shocked when Aunt Julie choked Simon, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, like, I I don't know. I I needed a pick-me-up. <laughs> and this... This provided it. This provided it. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to give it a five. And okay. you know what? I, we're actually now actually halfway through, aren't we? Oh, 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 I didn't say it. We're actually halfway through. Well, yeah, we're more than halfway through. We're because more than there's 22 episodes. Now. So, oh, we actually got halfway through. Okay. Um, Which is really exciting for us. I guess, yeah. We're, oh, God, I can't wait for season two. See, like, <laughs> I think that's why I keep saying, like, we're almost halfway through because I can't wait for season two. All right. So, um, like, that's it. As usual, um, do all the things on the internet Facebook, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Gmail. Listen, tw- rate, review. iTunes, s- SoundCloud. Uh, at Camdencast Show. Camdencast on Facebook. Uh, that's it. That's it. Camdencast. Okay. Uh, I'm Erin. <laughs> and I'm Tanvi. And this was Camdencast. Uh, bye. <laughs>